how many of us are just sitting at home? We can't see anybody like we're craving human connection. Um, so putting yourself into your Instagram, showing who you are, your personality. So people have something to connect to. Like that's, I think is the other second half of what has really helped my page grow is just showing who Sarah Botsford is. It's like, yeah, I'm a hairstylist, but I'm also a huge dork. And I'm going to show you these in the, in the videos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just a hairstylist. How am I supposed to be a photographer, a social media manager, a receptionist, a marketing manager, and an entrepreneur as well? Welcome to the secret life of a hairstylist podcast, where we shatter the term. I'm just a hairstylist and help inspire you behind the chair. I'm Samantha and I'm a hairstylist, educator, and salon owner, and I want to help inspire you with tips from how to manage your social media, to how to sell retail, to how to continue a positive mindset making you more money as a stylist. Every week, I will share my own experiences over the last 10 years, plus bring in amazing experts from all over the hair industry to share their secrets on success. So what do you say? Are you ready to challenge yourself, get inspired, and build your dream business behind the chair? Hello, hello, everyone. I am so pumped for this episode. I am talking with Sarah Botsford. And for those of you who do not know her or are not following her, you have to follow her. She is incredible with her social media game. She has been posting incredible photos, incredible reels, and she recently just came out with a course as well for hairstylists to grow their social media. So Definitely check that out and uh, keep listening to this episode because we are going to be covering so much stuff from Instagram reels to how to grow your reach on social media, what Instagram followers means to her and even getting into a little bit of IG lives and your confidence behind the phone slash camera. So we're going to be diving into all of that. But before we get into the episode, I just wanted to plug in real quick that I have, if you haven't seen on my social media already, I have been, uh, or I have launched some one-on-one coaching sessions. So I am super, super excited about this. Um, You get to be on the podcast and we are going to be just shooting the shit on what you need help with where what areas you're struggling with um anything that relates to the hair industry that you might just need a second opinion about and uh we're going to talk about that on the podcast and in turn help others who are in exactly the same place as you um but you also get to highlight and showcase your salon and uh yourself on the podcast so I'm very, very excited about these episodes that are rolling out. I do have some dates. I have like one or two more dates this month, and then I have some more rolled out for next month. So definitely go and check that out on, there's a link in my Instagram as well as on my website as well, samanthalacoste.com. So please go check that out, and uh, I would love to have you on the show. So without further ado... Let's bring on Sarah and uh, get this party started. Thank you for coming on here with me to chat. And I know when you were, um, when we did Rack, and I think you were the one who'd done the the um, lip sync battle, right? Yes. Yeah. And so I was just like, I need to talk to this girl because that was amazing. <laughs> I was a little embarrassed. I'm like, Everyone had talked about the crazy lip syncs that happen at Redkin events. So I, I was like, Hey, I'm going all out. I'm like in it to win it. And then 
I felt like a little bit of like a brown noser. Like I just went way too over the top. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I was originally thinking of doing it, but they, I, I think I, I must've missed an email. And so I found out a week before I was like, oh my gosh, I could have done such a good one too. Had I have figured it out earlier. And, um, cause I have a friend who's a videographer and like, we could have like put something together and had like yeah. my backup dancers and all that. But <laughs> I pictured it being like, okay, like people are just going to get on there and do this. Like literally just put on a song and lip sync to it. And then I had no idea that like when everybody did it, it was like, oh my gosh, I have so many ideas now. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. It was fun. I'm glad I did it. It was, uh, well, I actually like love putting, I'm sure we'll talk about that. Like I love yeah. putting videos together. So that was yeah. right up my alley. That's too funny. Um, yeah. So we'll kind of just get into it. Um, so kind of, I guess, tell who you are, tell everybody who you are and, um, how you got into the industry and kind of where you got to where you are today and what you're doing in 2021. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, I, my name is Sarah Botsford and I'm a, I own a studio suite in Port Francis, Ontario. Um, so I've been doing hair now for probably, let's say like 13 years. However, there was like a little period of time there where I ditched hair and thought I wanted to be a teacher. So I went to teacher's college in Thunder Bay and got my bachelor's of ed and um, basically wanted to teach high school history, (laughs) (laughs) which in hindsight now is hilarious because I am the worst with numbers. Like if you ask me even today, like when was World War II? I'm like, I don't know, somewhere in like (laughs) the 40s. (laughs) Like it was not a good uh, adventure, but it was kind of cool because um, it's nice now that my career is moving into the realm of education and I can kind of overlap both hair and um, teaching. Mm-hmm. And aside from that, like before, like if we're going way back to the beginning, um, my mom was actually a hairdresser and she had a salon in our, our basement in our house in Winnipeg. And I don't remember much of that because I was pretty little, but when we did move uh, down to the States, she had another salon in that house. And I just loved it. Like I love seeing that people, her friends would come in and they'd just chat and have coffee. It was just so chill. Uh, so I just like naturally had to draw towards hair. And then she actually did not want me to be in hair because she's like, no, you're not gonna make any money. You're gonna be poor and, and I don't know, get pregnant. <laughs> like whatever the stereotypes are. So I um, tried to listen to her and then that I did a year university and hated it. Like, nope, I want to do hair. So went into hair school and um, kind of used hair to then pay for the university I ended up doing down the road. So it's been really wonderful and I would not change it for a second. I'm so happy I've chosen hair and yeah, it's, that's kind of the gist of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like a lot of people who have parents who get in, uh, who were hairstylists, they tend to go down the same path, but I do find that a lot where their parents who are hairstylists or were hairstylists are always like deterring people from getting away from it. And even my parents, like my parents were definitely not in the hair industry. They're like, government workers and all that. So totally different ball game, but, um, they just, yeah, it's those stigmas of being a hairstylist and thinking you're not going to make any money doing it. And it's like, yeah, you're creative. So that'll be good. But like, you'll be struggling. 
one one thing she told me right off the hop she's like if you do this sarah like you need to own your own salon that was her like her um like status level that meant you actually were doing something right Mm -hmm. and so that was kind of my goal for a long time until i realized like I cannot be someone's boss. Like I would be so bad at managing people. Like I just want to be friends with everybody. Like there's no way I could run a successful salon. So that's also why I work alone or independently. Um, I do miss having coworkers, but I think it's better that I don't manage anyone. Uh, With that being said though, I do think it was um, good advice in a sense of like, yeah, you have to have an understanding of of numbers and business behind the chair, because if it's, it's one thing if you're creative and do pretty hair, but if you're not charging appropriately or have an understanding of how to make money with it, yeah, you might be a failing hairdresser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, it makes it a lot easier now that there's a lot more education out on, on that, this, at this time, because yeah, back then, even when I started 10, 11 years ago, that there was nothing about that. So that was not a conversation that was talked about. So it's crazy to think 10 years later that that's everything they're talking about. Yeah. Which is nice. Like, I don't know. I think for a while too, everyone was so, it was almost like taboo to talk about money and to talk about, you know, what you charge. It's like a secret. I'm like, why? Let's just, let's just talk about it. And it's great. I like that. It's so like an open conversation now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one thing that you've really gotten into is the social media game. <laughs> yeah, it is so much fun, like watching your reels and everything that you've been doing and like your photos are beautiful. Um, so I really wanted to ask you some questions on that because I've been getting a lot of questions lately on social media and how to a lot of people saying like, I don't know how to post photos or like what photos to post, um, where to start, what captions to put. Like, I, I don't know all these like different things to add into it. That's not just hair. And the, it's just a struggle and like finding your, finding your balance of working and not like spending all of your life on social media, trying to build up your business. Yeah. Um, so what is um, like, tell everybody how you grew your social media following and what kind of advice you have for growing social media and what it is that sets you apart um, from others in the industry. Like, why do you think that people started following you? Okay. So um, if I get sidetracked, just like pull me back in. Cause okay. I'm like, I'm trying to remember <laughs> all the questions. Uh, I think for my social media, like I started like making the decision to kind of take it more seriously, probably like four years ago. Um, And it wasn't honestly until like this year that things started to kind of, well, I should say 2020, that things started to kind of really take off. And I think the biggest change that I made uh, was probably just engaging. And honestly, I can't even take credit for that advice because I got it from my friend, Melissa, who's um, at live, love, do hair on Instagram. And she's like, well, Sarah, like how much time are you engaging with the people who are following you? I'm like, well, none. And I just like, no, I post a picture, they comment on it. Mm-hmm. She's like, that's not the point of this, this platform. The whole entire point of Instagram is to be social. Mm-hmm. And so I started communicating with people who were following me. I sought out other people to communicate with. I'd find photos that I thought, thought were really beautiful. And I would give compliments and basically just try to engage and be friends with people in my industry who I like their work. I thought they might like my work. And all of a sudden it, became, it created this conversation. And 
within my post, even in like the chats, like, yeah, sure. There's a lot of like, oh, this is pretty girl. Um, but there's conversations that are evolving in it. And that has been like the best part because right away that triggers in the algorithm that like this post must be cool because people are commenting on it and then it pushes it out. So simply by just, I don't know, making more of a community aspect to it, change the game immensely. Uh, I do think also varying what you're, you're putting out there. Like I think you mentioned too, like, you know, how to know what types of things to put on Instagram. Um, it's, I don't think it can be just a photo anymore. Like it can't just be a pretty hair picture unless of course you're like one of the top dogs that have a hundred thousand followers. You can do whatever you want, but <laughs> you know, because right now, I mean, how many of us are just sitting at home? We can't see anybody. Like we're craving human connection. Um, so putting yourself into your Instagram, showing who you are, your personality. So people have something to connect to. Like that, I think is the other second half of what has really helped my page grow is just showing who Sarah Botsford is. It's like, yeah, I'm a hairstylist, but I'm also a huge dork. And I'm going to show you these in the, in the videos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, what are, so you've come up with like some super fun, real ideas, um, reels ideas. <laughs> and, um, like, how did, how did you come up with those? Like it, it's, a part of your personality. It's something that you love to do, but how do you come up with those reels ideas? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so one thing that I've talked about before about me is that I love stand-up comedy. Like I spend a lot of time watching stand-up. And one thing I always notice is the things that they make fun of are really obvious everyday things. And then they just spin it into a joke. So I actually started just thinking about like, what are things that every hairstylist does and experiences that we don't think anything of, but it just exists in our day-to-day -day world. And how can I add comedy to those normal things? Mm -hmm. You know, like something as simple as, you know, filling up your Shades EQ bottle and it tips over and you lose your, like, I've done that a hundred times, but I mean, I haven't made that video yet, but maybe I should, <laughs> uh, you know, no showing yourself, um, double booking yourself, all these things that we do all the time that could actually be funny. Mm -hmm. So I just try to be aware of what's going on around me. And I also like, I mean, I think having a creative mind is great, but it's, it's like a blessing, but it's also a curse because it doesn't ever turn off. So I'm constantly thinking of random things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think a question a lot of people have is like, how much time do you spend on these? Because, you know, somebody could spend all day on one, really. <laughs> it could yeah. take a really long time. And, and that is the thing people don't want to have to spend so much time on social media. They want to put their content out there and go on with their day. So yeah. how much time do you spend on these reels? I, so I don't work Mondays. Mondays are my like business day, content day. And I kind of just decide how I'm feeling in the morning, if it's creative or if I'm feeling more organized and that's how I decide which route I'm going to take. But I would say like, if I'm going to make a video, I usually have like a, like I kind of plan out the frames that I want in it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I go shoot them. And then with the editing, like probably all together, I'd say like a couple hours to create mm -hmm. one. And which is annoying because they're like 30 seconds long. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but I do think that it's important for people to be honest with themselves, with like what their motivation is with, with posting it. Like you have, have to have a reason um, and know your why, like, why am I putting this video out there? For me, the reels are, I know I'm trying to just put a positive spin on something out into the world just to add a little humor right now. 
I'm also trying to grow my audience. And so they get to know me. So that's like why I'm doing my thing, but it does take time. So if you, if your why doesn't, if your reason doesn't, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Make sense for the amount of time you're putting into it. I think I would maybe like do some simpler versions or maybe just do one a month kind of thing. Cause it is time consuming. Mm-hmm. So, and you were talking about editing there, what type of editing, editing tools do you use? Or are you just like doing it just on the reels or how do you? Yeah, do- I'll do both. So if it's just like, you know, in the salon and I know I don't need to have like any voice, um, and I want to show like a technique or something, I'll just use the reels app. Cause it's super easy. Mm-hmm. Um, very quick. Uh, I'd say 50, 50, I'll do that. But if I do have like an actual skit and I want music layered with voice layered with things. I do use a video editing software and it's called video shop. Um, that's my favorite. Uh, there's a couple other ones that I play around with, but like that's the tried and true. Mm-hmm. Is that one for phones or just on computer? That's for phones. Okay. 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 Yeah. I haven't actually yeah. heard of that one. So I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. I'm always looking for the next best video editing <laughs> tool. So I'm like using InShot right now, but um, I'm going to have to check that one out. I think you'll like it more. I've had a couple people that used to use InShot that now use video shop because it is yeah. so user-friendly. Like, and I was always annoyed because I'd be using an app and then I'd have to save the video, upload it to another app to do a, something else. And then another one to do a third thing and video <laughs> shop just it has all the tools that I actually needed. So, Oh, nice. That's awesome. Um, so what are, um, like, do you plan all of your content out ahead of time? Um, because you also have like a lot of hair photos and stuff in between. So it's not just reels that you're doing. Um, but do you plan all of your content out ahead of time? Um, do you use like a content planner? Um, what are some tips that you can give on that for people? (laughs) I always think this is a funny question because anyone that knows me knows like I'm so unorganized. (laughs) (laughs) I should be more organized in this, but I am getting better. I'd say I started using an app called, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Like Unum, U-N-U-M. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And it just helps me um, organize my photos. The only hard part is it doesn't work with reels. So you can't actually see where your reels live on the page. So you just kind of have to like imagine where they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just like to have a variety all the time. Like I never want to see just hair. I like to have video, hair, product, education, um, just a mix. So I make sure that, you know, if I don't have two things in a row that are the same kind of. Yeah, that's, that's always my pet peeve. And I, I think my problem is that I spend too much time trying to organize it all because then I'm like, oh, this has to sit here. This has to sit here. But then what happens is something comes up like a holiday or something that you didn't realize and you throw that in and then it throws it off. So you have to reorganize everything. So I think sometimes you have to be organized, but it's not being too organized that it's not going to like mess up your flow. (laughs) Spontaneously organized. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's a good one. And Unum is one that's like been, I think that's how you pronounce it. I can't remember either, but um, that's a big one. That's been a popular one. That's been coming up a lot lately too. Yeah. It's super user-friendly and I don't use anything to post my content. I always like to do it myself and I always do all my own engaging. Like I don't use any sort of third-party software for that. Uh, I know that is one way you can reduce the amount of time you're on the app, but to me, it feels a little bit impersonal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, So your photos like are the (laughs) bomb.com. 
And I think my, my personal question is because I always see, especially people who have a lot, um, a lot of followers or, you know, those who are more likely to get onto, um, uh, like the balayage, um, the, like the ones that share the, the, yeah, the pages that share. Yeah. So it's always like these beautiful, long, luscious locks of hair. Like, where do you find these clients? <laughs> you know what? I think that all comes down to Instagram because you will very rarely see short hair on my page because mm-hmm. I don't really like working on short hair. So if I get a short hair client, I don't post them. Mm-hmm. I only post the type of hair I want to do. So that's what I'm attracting back to me. Uh, mm-hmm. and I think that's just kind of worked in my favor where people are like, Oh, she likes brunette long hair. I'm going to go see her. So yeah, <laughs> it kind of worked really, out really well that way. And mm-hmm. I'm in a small town. Like my population here is only like 7,000 people. So I'm mm-hmm. like, there's, there's not a lot of people. So I'm like anyone with long hair me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I think a side note to that actually is because you are in a small town for those who are in a small town trying to build up their clientele, like what, what, uh, advice do you have for people who are trying to build up in a small town who might have like a lot of salons in there and not a lot or a lot of competition for not a lot of people. Right. Um, so what are some like pieces of advice that you have for people trying to build in a small town? Yeah, I think, I mean, everyone's going to approach it differently. For me, I wanted to approach it as if I wasn't in a small town because there's already enough small town. I mean, I, I I have a a lot of my friends own salons in town and I think Mm -hmm. they're doing an amazing job and we all have very different approaches to how we um, advertise and market ourselves. For me, I really wanted to um, play up that even though I'm in this little town that when you step into my salon, like it's, you're getting the full package. You're, I elevate my services. I take pictures of all of them and make them feel really amazing. Anytime like a ambulance drives by or something, I'm like, Oh, that's the big city sound effects I planned ahead of time. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. Yeah. Just try to like set yourself apart a little bit, see what everybody else is doing and then do the opposite. Like for me, not a lot of people were using Instagram. So that was a huge way to market myself. And the younger girls who were using Instagram with the long, pretty hair, they were like, Oh, well that girl's on Instagram and I can already see what her work looks like. So that immediately drew people into my, my chair instead. Yeah, that's so true. So what kind of tips do you have for photography? So like kind of like your three top tips for, um, how to take those like really gorgeous shots. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love photography. I feel like I could talk about it all day. Um, I love it. (laughs) I would say the main thing is like lighting, right? It's, that's always the biggest struggle. So if no matter, like if you were in a basement, for example, you could take pictures till you're blue in the face and that picture is never going to turn out amazing. It's just, this not the right lighting. You could do studio lighting, but it's definitely a different effect. Um, so I think finding your spot, I always tell people, you know, take a coworker, walk around your salon, do a salon tour essentially, and take photos in every single spot you can and see if you can find that sweet spot where the lighting just surprises you, maybe somewhere you didn't expect. And if you can't find it in your salon, go outside, try and find an awning somewhere close to your salon you can take your clients to. Uh, I often too, like, this is a huge tip is use your front door. Like if you open the front door of your salon, you're creating an awning effect and that would cast light in really nicely on your client. Mm -hmm. 
Minus um, the minus 45 Celsius days that we have. I know. Other than that, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Canada presents new challenges. So I do tell my clients, bring a warm jacket, bring something cute and warm. Like I have, you know, if they bring in like a, an FXR jacket, we're not taking pictures in that, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing too, I think hair posing is super important. You, like if I'm just having my, client tilt their head back and start shooting. Yeah, it might be okay, but I want to actually place the hair. I want to exaggerate highlights. Um, you know, maybe pull hair out of where it lives, like bring the money piece back. So you can see that bright blonde laying across the top, kind of manipulating the hair to create more dimension because really with photography, uh, you're it's 2d, right? We're taking something that's 3d and all of a sudden it's going into 2d when we're looking at it on a screen. So we need to to do something to keep that dimension and create a 3d feel. So really just trying to create depth in the hair by how you place it. Mm -hmm. Um, are you, I was like, I had a thought there and then it totally went away. But, um, (laughs) so do you use, um, your cam, your phone or do you use like a DSLR camera? I'd say probably like 80% of the time I use my phone. Uh, and even on my grid, I was just looking at this the other day and I was like, oh, interesting. Cause I've been using my camera a lot more, but I still often, or sorry, my professional camera, but I still often am using my phone. And sometimes it kind of depends on the, the client. Uh, I find that iPhones capture a little bit warmer and a lot of my clients are brunette. So for a brunette client, uh, I need them a little bit underexposed and for those warm tones to be captured. So I gravitate towards my iPhone, but with blondes, a lot of my blogs, my page look quite golden and sometimes they're not, they're actually quite bright, but my phone just captures it that way. And I don't mind. I like golden blonde. Uh, so now I've been using my professional camera. I do have a Canon rebel that I'll use for a lot of my blonde work. Nice. Yeah. I've, I definitely, I have a camera and I have to remember to keep it at the salon for those, those times. Cause I've been trying to get more into that. And, um, we have found actually, cause all of us at the salon have different phones. And so, uh, we've, we've taken pictures with all of them and it's very interesting to see it, it makes a huge difference what type of phone you have. And so I found iPhones are definitely warmer. Um, and I have a Google pixel and that one's slightly cooler. So oh, for the cool. cool ones, it works perfect. Your <laughs> um, phones when you take photos. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, we will just like kind of switch it up, but, um, yeah, it makes a difference. But then, uh, on top of that hot tip that I, we have a uh, ring light cause it gets really dark really early. So for the, the late night clients, um, we have a ring light and, uh, we, there's a spot in the back. We like taking photos cause we like the background and, um, there's two spotlights at, on the ceiling and they are warmer lights. So we have, we found the sweet spot there and we put tape on the ground for the client to stand on that tape on the ground. So like, this is the sweet spot. Don't go anywhere else. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, if you're using, um, in like artificial light, I think you have to do that. You have to kind of like work with what's around you. If I have to take a shot, I mean, if I really want to take a nighttime shot, I do end up turning off a lot of the lights in my salon. I'll just have some like background lights to like create a bokeh effect. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the time I actually just offer to do like a free blowout or style on the weekend and I bring them back in during the day so I can get pictures. That's a good idea. That's a really good hot tip. Cause I think there's a lot of people struggle with that at, at nighttime and like ring lights don't do it justice. It's, it's not the same as natural light. So yeah. that's a really good hot tip for, 
for those clients who are coming in at night. And I think, I think what's hard too, is because a lot of the clients that we love to do usually have to come at night or not that we love to do, but like the styles that we love to do, um, and want to take those pictures of that they are usually not able to come during the day. So that's a really Yeah. Like at this point, I've just accepted that I'm not taking any pictures in the evening because I never like how they turn out. So I just save my time. I get them out a little earlier and I'm like, come back on Saturday or Sunday and we'll just do it. And then I have more time too. And sometimes I'm like, Oh, I'll throw in a braid. And before I know it, you have like at least eight photos from that one client because you actually had time to kind of, you know, be creative Mm -hmm. with their hair. Yeah. That's so true. That's awesome. So what are your like top favorite two to three poses that you like to do and how, like, how do you kind of, um, make your client feel comfortable with, with posing? Cause not everybody's comfortable in front of the camera, but I think right now two people are okay because of the masks. <laughs> They're yeah. like, oh, I'm totally fine with a phase one. Cause I have a mask on, but, um, yeah. How do you make your clients feel comfortable and what are those like top two, three poses that you like to do? Yeah. So right off the hop, I will say too, like I mentioned earlier, like I do not take pictures of every client. I only Mm -hmm. take pictures of the ones who I, it captures like my style of work. Mm -hmm. Uh, And those clients luckily for me are pretty good in front of the camera. Like they come face ready, their outfits like totally cool. Um, But there's the occasional time where someone is like a little nervous and they don't want their face to show. So I think it's important for us to just like be their hype girl. Like, Oh, you look amazing. Like supermodel. Like just, you know, make them feel like, make it fun. Cause as soon as they start laughing, their whole body language just relaxes. If someone's nervous and tense, it does translate on camera. And I think you could tell, especially if there is face showing. Mm-hmm. So my favorite poses though, I feel like you cannot go wrong with the back of the head shot. Like the t- typical, like put your hands back, tilt your head back. Mm-hmm. Um, one little tip I will say about that is sometimes clients will put their hands up way too high in their hair and it creates a rectangle shape from the back of your head. So what I like to do is actually use my own hands on their hair, like when they're facing away from me and I'll lift up their hair in different spots until I see like that teardrop shape kind of create. Mm. And that way I know that like it's already falling the way I want. And then I just say, okay, take your hands and replace them where mine are. And I say, don't go past mine. Don't like just stop right where my fingers end. Mm -hmm. And then they just put their hands in where mine were. And then I can start like posing the hair where I want. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one I like, I also love, um, I like turning them almost like, I know this is going to be on a uh, <laughs> sound. So I'm like, how do I describe yeah. this? So I want to share, I want to share this piece on social media as well. So we'll put this one, we'll put <laughs> this, this clip on, on Instagram as well. So people can see. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I love to, um, if they're facing me, I like to turn their body. This is where like my knowledge of numbers comes in, whatever angle this is. 45 (laughs) degrees, 45. 45 (laughs) And then I have them turn their shoulder in towards their chin, Mm kind of put their chin down a little bit. And then I'll pull all this hair on the shoulder side over their shoulder. And then all the other hair I pull towards it as well. And then you can either pinch the middle to hide their face Mm -hmm. or just have them tilt their head down. And then you get a really good like money piece shot you can even actually have them wrap their ha- hand around their head and pick up here. And then you get even more volume in the hair. Mm-hmm. So those are, those would be like, that would be like two different poses I would do like this. And then I would also have them lift their hand up. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, those so. are good ones. I'm I'm still trying to perfect the pinch. And I feel like that's like, I can't remember which stylist it was that that made that a thing. Oh, and- Mickey. Mickey Collin Jr. Yeah, yeah. And so I've seen so many people be like trying to do it and they're like, this is my first pinch. <laughs> I was like shocked there was actually an emoji for pinch. Is there? Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, did Mickey get his own emoji? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. I, now I have to try that. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's too funny. Um, yeah. So these are some like super, super awesome, great hot tips for, for social media and photography and really trying to like up your game. Um, I think to what, like, what's your, I know, and it's hard because I know you have so many followers now. So like, what is your take on followers? Cause I know that a lot of people, um, they get wrapped up in the numbers. Right. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I only have like 200 or 1500 or whatever it is. And it's like, when is enough followers? Right. And, and what is the purpose of followers? So give us your take on trying to build your following and like your purpose behind building a following. Yeah. I think for me, I mean, obviously a follower count does present opportunities for you at certain points. So it's hard to say like the numbers don't matter because if your plan is to do like influencer marketing or, you know, working with brands, the more um, exposure you have is to your benefit. So it is, it does matter, but at the same point uh, or on the other hand of it, I, for me, it was more about the connections. Like I would way rather have you know, 200 followers that actively engage with me and, and they feel they know me and they can come to me then have 50,000 followers and have no real engagement. And it's all robots. Like, I just think that at the end of the day, it's a social platform. So it, I, we need to remember that component and that every, even though the handle, you might not be able to pronounce it, it's still a person. And mm-hmm. like, for me, I always try to respond to every single DM that gets sent to me. Like, I never want anyone to feel like, oh, she all of a sudden has all these followers and she is too cool to talk to me now. (laughs) Like, I always kind of think back to the movie, like I'm going to age myself here, but um, the movie Mean Girls and, you know, like that old. (laughs) Yeah, it was like yesterday. (laughs) You know, like that entire school, like they all like, oh, we love Regina George, but no one actually liked her. They just followed because she was popular where I don't want to ever be that I'd rather be the girl that has like three people sitting at her lunch table and they like just adore each other and have each other's back like to me that should be the purpose behind building your following and I think the followers will follow because they like that mentality Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. that's true I like that um awesome so yeah this is like a lot of information this is really great great information to share um yeah so (laughs) I was like, I, can, I had some talking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, and uh, oh, was I gonna, uh, what I was gonna say is um, for for getting out there on your platform and like now you're trying to get more social with it and trying to connect with more people. And um, I know that one thing that. I know even myself, like I'm trying to do more lives and get out there more and, um, uh, yeah. And, and really just connect with people. So how do you get out there like on lives and, and cause I know a lot of people get really nervous, right. And you, yeah. you, you 
you're like, okay, I'm going to do live. And then you totally chicken out. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, so how do, or what's your advice to people for getting out there and going live, um, and kind of getting over those nerves of, of going out live. Yeah. And I can totally relate to that because I remember when Instagram launched live, the live feature, Mm-hmm. And I had accidentally hit it once and it was like, and actually it's funny you bring this up because I mean to talk about this on Monday, but <laughs> I was in a sheer panic. I was like, how do I turn it off? Who can see me right now? Like I just freaked out and like, I'm sure for that, like five minutes, I was just like, ah, yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden it started popping up that people were joining the live and I'm like, I don't want them to join. <laughs> so I think honestly, everyone starts somewhere. I for sure was super nervous when I first started going live. And I also am in the works of creating an actual program to help people mm-hmm. with confidence on camera. Mm-hmm. So this will be something I'm going to be launching to help exactly with this, because there are some really cool things you can do to help um, find your authentic voice, to be more confident on camera. And yeah, and then you won't be feeling those. I mean, I still get butterflies a little bit anytime you're about to hit that launch button, go live, but it does, there are ways to make it easier. So I'm not going to say too much on that because I do want to. um, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's great though to know because a lot of people, um, there's not a lot out there of how to be confident on camera. Um, And now with lives and reels and like all these things coming out on social media or on Instagram in particular, that it it can be overwhelming and people can get super nervous. So, and I know myself, like I've, I'm, I'm making up a schedule to go live every week or two weeks or whatever it is. But, um, there have been moments where I'm like all ready to go. And then I I get the camera, like, I don't remember what I was going to talk about. So I just check it out. (laughs) I will say, I will say with that, like, the main thing is to just start. And I think what you're doing is great by having a schedule and like basically force yourself, like set a timer. Okay. Once a month, I'm going to do this and for sure have like your talking points because there's nothing worse than going live and just kind of rambling along. And you're like, I don't really know. Um, 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 you know, like it's, it's awkward to watch and people will not stay on like they'll leave. So making sure you have a good flow. And I always say to like, right off the hop, what I will say is like, just take a huge breath and hold it for four seconds breathe it out and just try to like calm your body a little bit and then you're not going to be like speed talking at the first like three minutes until your heart rate settles so Mm -hmm. i think just try to you know get your body in a place where you you're feeling a little calmer before you begin yeah that's a good tip but yes we will keep out a lookout for your course and um what you're going to be sharing soon so yeah i think Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for being on here with me. This was great. I love talking about social media and photography and all that. Like it's totally my jam. So I love it. Um, but tell everybody where they can find you and find out more information from you and maybe where they can look out for your course. Yeah. So I basically operate majorly through Instagram. So my Instagram handle is at Sarah Botsford hair. And uh, any information about courses will be likely within my stories or saved in my highlights. So once those are launched, then you can check out there. And I imagine there will be a link in bio you can click on. Right now, there's nothing. So don't look for that yet. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe by the time this is released, it will be. Yeah. Yeah. We'll probably like put it out in the next few weeks. So that'll be around then. 
Thank you so much to everybody for listening to this episode of A Secret Life of a Hairstylist. And I really hope you enjoyed this episode and it gave you some really good hot tips on your social media and photography within the salon. So I will link in the show notes just when you click on the episode. There's the show notes that come up with it. I'll link the uh, link for Sarah's classes on there, as well as the link for the 30 minute stylist sessions that I will be having. Um, you guys can come on the podcast and we can chat. So I will be posting those on there. And all I ask is if you could leave a review and share this episode with your friends, that would be amazing. So I will talk to you soon and we will uh, see you on the next episode.